I forget what episode we're up to. Can you go to the um the yeah. YouTube? Yeah. The if YouTube. you go to Sydney West Martial Arts YouTube, you'll um find a a playlist called the Heat Locker. And if you check that out, you should be able to Sydney West Martial Arts. <clears throat> and then we go to a playlist called the Heat Locker. Yep. There are thirteen videos, but yeah. episode What was 25? the last episode? Twenty five was that? Yeah. So this must be twenty six. So this is twenty six. Hmm. Looks like it, yeah. 21, 22, 23. <clears throat> you, you got through quite a lot. You went through a real phase. Yeah. When did you do this one? When I go to New York, I... Yeah, you do loads. I do loads because that's when I'm there with all the guys. Yes. Um, this is with Jason. Yeah. Jason Rao. That was cool. That was in a Starbucks. Ronan. Oh, that was... This that, was Skype. That was this during was... Corona. Oh, okay. So during Corona, when everyone was locked away, I just decided we'd yeah. try something. It's a good time to do that. Yeah. Okay. But I, the, the Skype ones aren't quite as good. That was five months ago. Oh, yeah. I'm honoured to be on this podcast. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Thank Heat Locker you. officially. Have um, I got the shittest jiu-jitsu skills on your podcast? Well, let me think. I want to say everyone who's been <laughs> on the podcast so far has been, if they're not a black belt, they've been someone who's as good as a black belt. So <laughs> That's a really nice, sweet way of saying. <laughs> that's, um, yes, you have the shittest. I'm trying to think because we've had Isaac Michelle, who's not a black belt but beats up black belts including me um oliver tarza who's a brown belt mm-hmm. um i think other than that everyone else is a black belt yeah that's pretty cool but welcome you're our first Thank blue you. belt yeah you're our first blue belt um that's cool i feel like everyone at least has had a jiu-jitsu belt there's no one that's been on that's yeah that's nothing it's not, not nothing inter- you know <laughs> you're meaningless they're just nothing just scum <laughs> um i hope this is coming through in both years for everyone else I think it will be. I wonder if it's going to be left and right for everyone else. Nah, no way. Okay. In our in our ears, we can hear it. Like I'm coming out of the left and she's coming in the right. But I'm hoping you guys at home can hear everything. It's a small price to pay for the incredible bands you're about to hear. Yeah, cool. Well, welcome, Shana. Thank you. Um, so you're our first blue belt. You're also our first female on the podcast as well. We haven't had a we haven't had a girl okay. on the podcast, so welcome. Cool. We're all about um, equality. And women's rights and um, what are the other buzzwords? There should be other things um, I should be saying. Inclusivity. Inclusivity. Diversity. Yes. I'm, I'm also the first brown female. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we don't see colour here so I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, no, nah, I'm joking. Look, I don't care who it is. It makes no difference to me. But yeah, um, yeah we'll have a chat today and go through some stuff. I think you're really interesting. So I've Thanks. only known you for about a month or so now. Yep. But um. You, it's, you came out here to train some jiu-jitsu with us and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, I find you very fascinating. You're studying and doing different things. You're, you know, clearly driven and, and you know, really competitive on the mat but also driven in your personal life. And I want to kind of go mm-hmm. through how you kind of got to all that and go from there. So, I'll Let's just ask it. questions and if it's, if it's too much, you just tell me to hold up. No, but, um, across all lines. So, it's shown a virtue. That's it. It's not a stage name. Yeah. I know, because you thought that when we first met, right? You sort of like, yeah. oh, this is your Instagram stage name. Yeah, I mean, Virtue. It's like, it yeah, seems like. Uh, no. I so, know. what's the background on that name? So, my it was my dad's name and it was my grandfather's name. So, Virtue, it's it's a French name actually. Oh, okay. Vertu. Is the word Virtue a French word? It, it Well, it's a Latin word and then, it gets, then it's French. And okay. So, the spelling is V-E-R-T-U-E. So we're not v- quite virtuous. V-U-R, is that correct? V-I-R. 
instead of V-I-R. Oh, it's virtuous, V-I-R. Yeah, V-I-R-T-U-E is, is true virtue. Mm-hmm. And we're just, yeah, we're not, we're not quite, tr- we're not quite truly virtuous. Okay, so it's a French yeah. name. Yeah, French name. So actually the name goes back to um, the graphic design, or not the graphic designer, because it wasn't so much digital, obviously, back then, but mm. to the king of France. So that we have like French royalty in the fam and then we have Viking blood in the family and that's crazy. Yeah, because you've got like a whole bunch of different mixes. So, talk to me. What are the what are the what are the backgrounds? So, on the other side, on my mum's side, it's Fijian, Indian, and we found out recently there's actually Jamaican too. Because from India, the British took a whole bunch of people when when slavery was abolished. They took a whole bunch of people from India and were like, "We'll call you indentured servants." Mm -hmm. And so, instead of owning you for life, we'll own you for seven years, which is that's reasonable. Seven years, seven years, like an apprenticeship. (laughs) Yeah. But you'll speak no English and have no money by the time mm. you finish. So the only thing is to sign off another seven years of your life. So um, basically my – yeah, so the lineage kind of comes from there and then moves into Jamaica and then is in Jamaica for a while and then moves to Fiji. Maybe there's some from India into Fiji. We don't know. But you did – did you do 23 and Me? I did my 23 and Me. Yeah, we're talking and about that's this what it Yeah, and that's literally what it says. Yeah. So we've got uh, South Asian. Um, we have – uh, Jamaican, we have Pacific Islander. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a interesting Australian, mix. obviously. So yeah, I mean what what's Australian? I often think about this, yeah. right? Like Well Australian's indigenous, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and then so, you have like the British. But but like <laughs> what's really what's what's any culture? Because like where do you draw the line of how far, yeah. far back you're gonna go? Yeah. Like um yeah, we all come from the savannah. <laughs> like where do you draw? Like I suppose it just depends on what you see. Is where do, where am I drawing the line of what I'm? Yeah. You know, classing as this is the the area. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but I don't get too caught up on it. No. But the twenty three me is good. I find it interesting. I loved it. It's I interesting it. to see. We and I think um, the other interesting thing with it is is the genetic stuff that comes out of it. Yes. Like certain, you know, certain people are predispositioned to certain stuff depending on their genetics. Mm-hmm. So I think that sort of stuff can be cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. Type 2 fibers, muscle fibers, things like that. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really looked into much of the science or how substantiated it ha- it is. Yeah. But I think the more, the longer it goes on, you know. We've just got um, we've got Isaac <laughs> Michelle walking in the background. You guys can't see him. He's <laughs> off the camera. Um, <laughs> Pretty much naked. Yeah, he refuses to wear clothes. <laughs> I've had to speak to him about it. He just flat out refuses. He's walking around the town at the moment, but... If you're lucky, he might do a flyby, but he's going to um, he's going to stay <laughs> off the screen by. for now. Um, cool. So, you where were you born? I was born here, Sydney. Okay. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're born in Sydney. Whereabouts in Sydney? Born in Sydney. I was born at uh, I think it's is it the Royal Alfred Prince Alfred RPA RPA. Yeah, yeah, Royal Prince Alfred. Yep. Yeah, is that where you were born? No. Where were you born? I was born in a crappy, shitty little town out west called Wellington. So people think Wellington is. Um, New Zealand. Posh. Yeah, yeah, it's not posh. It's definitely not really? posh. No, Wellington's a little town half an hour out of Dubbo. Dubbo is a town about four hours from here. No way. And um, yeah, it's a it's a shithole. Yeah, it's not. And sorry to sorry to everyone from Dubbo that's listening and Wellington. Dubbo. Yeah, it just used to be like a little country town. That's where my family was from. Mm. And um, yeah, I was born in I was born in Wellington Hospital. Yeah, so there not, you go. not 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 flash like the big smoke from RPA. Um, yeah, and then we we moved around and. Ended up in Sydney, you know, years ago. But um, 
So you're very, you know, sporty and athletic and, and your kind of initial sport you went into was gymnastics. Is that, is that yeah. the first one you went into? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. So my parents enrolled me into, um, it was at Bunurong Gymnastics Centre. Um, it's, it's in like Maruba or Mascot. Mm-hmm. And um, they enrolled me in there and I went into like just a, it's called Jumping Jelly Babies. And mm-hmm. then they took me out of Jumping Jelly Babies or, or the coaches were like, actually let's take her out and then I got put into the elite program and so from there I was training 20 hours a week and going back and forth to the AIS the Australian Institute of Sport to train and work towards the Olympics I was too young for the Sydney 2000 Olympics mm-hmm. um but was training rigorously and then uh yeah then basically it was sort of handed to me it was this choice of like do you want to continue um, down this path. If you do, we'll have to stop school. We'll have to, you know, literally live and breathe gymnastics. Mm. Um, or, uh, you can have a life and a childhood. And so I chose life. Um, so how old were you when you started? When I started gymnastics? Yes. Like four. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, Four years old. And everybody, everybody says that's what you want to get your kids into. Like if you talk to anyone, they basically like, especially like people say, that's what the Russians do. It's like they're mm-hmm. it's yeah. Like my Rus- my coaches were Russian and, and Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Um, geez, that would have been fun. Oh, they intense. sound like nice people. I was, no, I was saying this morning, like, it, like some of the shit that that'd make that, me seem nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you are nice. You're not. You are nice. <laughs> Don't tell anyone that. That's not. That's not the uh, image I want to portray. Okay, my bad. I want to be portrayed as a horrible, nasty person. Um, a Russian and a Chinese coach. Yeah. Not really always like, known. I mean, that's two relatively communist countries. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Make for the best gymnasts. Yeah. Slash spies. Because they have to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you were four. So, at four, it's kind of playful stuff, right? It's like… Exactly. Kind it's of like we do with the little babies. kids. Yeah. Exactly. It's the playful stuff. And then if they see that you have potential… Like, I'm sure it happens with jiu-jitsu. Like, you must see kids that you're sort of like, all right, you're going to be doing this as a hobby for a while. And then mm. some of you, like, some people you're like… Mm. You'll actually be really good. Yeah, the tricky thing with jiu-jitsu is there's a not a it's not like there's an easy pathway where I can say to a parent, look, you know, little Jimmy's showing some real promise. Bring him in five times this week, and then we'll get him in the Olympics. I mean, it's not even the Olympics. Yeah, I like, know. I nearly feel like it would be unfair of me to say that. Like, yeah. I can say to the parent, look, he's got a lot of talent, but I don't know how or what what the progression would be. If you had someone that wanted to dedicate, like, w- would I say to someone, let's dedicate all his time and his life to making this happen? I mean, it's such a small percentage of people surviving, actually surviving on making money out of jiu-jitsu. Um, well, I mean, we weren't making any, like, gym, gymnasts don't make that much money either. Mm. But, yes, when you have the Olympics involved, it's, it's like there's thing. clear sponsorships that can happen and there's, like, government kind of stuff comes in. And so, it's very different. I wish jiu-jitsu was in the Olympics. Mm. It'd be very Yeah, different. I've thought about that. I mean, they're trying to push it, but then it's mm. then I suppose it is like what type of jiu-jitsu would be pushed into the Olympics? It would probably be the gi first. It'd be gi federation stuff. Yeah. Um which, you know, has no value to me or us. <laughs> um sorry people. So that would be but that would be what it would be because that's what most people are training doing, but I mean, I suppose if all these other random sports can't can be in there like yeah. There's some really like unusual ones. Really I'm pretty sure ones. golf's now in the Olympics Yeah, and a bunch of other things. They're trying to bring skateboarding into the Olympics as well. I've got a feeling it might even be in. It, skateboarding? I think so. Did it make it? Shit. Maybe it's in for the next yeah. one. I mean, the Olympics didn't even get to happen because of right. corona. So, yeah. what are we? We're in 2020 now. This year's just been a complete write-off. Um, the Olympics was supposed to be this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's been postponed to next year. I mean, will it even... 
Like, will it even they... happen? And then that also shifts the whole. Know. Oh, imagine being an athlete, like getting just. I I can't even. Mm. It's four years of your life that you dedicate, and on it's more cycle. than four years, but it's mm. like four years on that cycle, mm-hmm. like this macro cycle of ready to. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, that hurts. Yeah, I mean, um, Ethan Thomas, one of our guys here, who's trying to prepare to do the Olympic trials, and it was like. Right you know, preparing for the trials and the trials were like, we didn't know what was going to happen. He was supposed to go to Samoa, didn't end, like Samoa was a no-go zone and just kind of just, they're just on a holding pattern. Like you can't train, you can't just train indefinitely and just hope no. that, you know, that's how you break down. So, yeah, I don't know what all the athletes will just be. Yeah. Hopefully this corona stuff just kind of like sails away. I'm just kind of pretending like it's not there. That's my game plan with it, which yeah. seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, it's working. Um, yeah, hopefully I don't get it. I don't work them. I heard Donald Trump's fine. Did you hear that? He got coronavirus. He got coronavirus, but is he fine? I don't know. I don't know. That's just what that's what the internet said. <laughs> the internet doesn't lie. That's always right. Yeah. Okay. So you did jumping jelly babies. So jumping jelly babies. They said these girls got talent. Yes, and so then I got pulled into the elite program, and then it was like all hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. It was full on twenty hours a week. Then increasing, but um, it just got to the point where you know if you're doing 20 hours a week, like where where does school fit in? Mm. Where do you know friendships or everything? And my best apparatus was floor, mm-hmm. so that was the easiest transition for me, or that my parents thought for me was to actually go into dance, which which I loved. So then I moved into dance and I went to Newtown High School Performing Arts, and that was where I kept doing. That's not NIDA, is it? No, that's not NIDA? No, no, that's not NIDA. No, that's um, that's National Institute of Dramatic Arts. Okay. This was high school. Right. So I was still doing a little bit of gymnastics, but once you go from like an intense level to dabbling, mm. it's really shitty mm-hmm. for your head space. You know, you see everyone that didn't quit just skyrocket in their ability and mm. then you're back here doing the same tricks, doing the same things over and over. So, you know, it was... Yeah, it definitely changed for me. So then I moved into dance and I was doing dance full time and that was incredible. And yeah, I just like movement, fitness, this sort of stuff has just always been a part of my life. It's um, the gymnastic stuff is really interesting to me because I've got a little girl mm-hmm. and a little boy, yeah, two little boys. Like two little boys. I think you can get boys into gymnastics as much as little girls. Like it doesn't, for sure. it's not just a girl thing. But um, It's great for girls though. Yeah, I really like, well, I really like the idea of, the understanding spatial awareness and how to move your body and all that. I think that's all great. What I kind of don't like, I kind of, for some reason, I get caught up on the negative aspects of how it can become a little much with the coaching side of things where they expect a lot. Um, I know that if you wanted to compete at a high level, a lot of them push on, you know, particular diet stuff. They don't want you to be over a certain weight. They want you to have a certain size. Um, And then the other thing that I hate is, kind of like sexualizing kids where they dress them in makeup and like is that part of it am i am i missing am i missing something here like is that is that part of it or can that not be can you can you kind of do it and that not be part of it i don't know that we were sexualized but then i guess it's hard to answer i mean is our gymnasts sexualized as a whole from society looking in possibly i don't know whether it's like that's a part of the culture i definitely didn't feel that was a part of the culture the body stuff was never an issue for me. I never had any pressure from coaches. Um, but my mom's fairly lean, like genetically, like it wasn't something that I ever had to be concerned mm. with. Yeah. Um, my dad some was girls really... who, who, who like their, their, um, they end up like with stunted issues with their, um, 
what's the word? It's just growth, stunning growth. Yeah, like, not growth with their um puberty. Like they, they oh, yeah, like it gets, oh, it gets that, pushed that, back, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that that can happen. Yeah, yeah, because if you're too lean, yeah, it does affect your fertility. So yeah, I did have um <laughs> when I was very young, we did get sat down to have a chat about you know this may impact your fertility, mm. Mm. and it's like you're sitting there like scary. very young going. Okay. Let's just go do some <laughs> well, totally. headsprings. Like, like even for all athletes at a young age, their whole focus, they live and breathe their sport. They love it. Hmm. So to sit down and say to them like, hey, one day you might want to have kids so you probably shouldn't take those steroids or you probably shouldn't be so lean for this long or you probably, you know, it's like you're like, oh, I don't, I'm doing this right now. It's hard to have the foresight to really consider that and consider what you might want to do later in life. Um and so that's definitely one of the things. But to be honest, I think these days it's a little bit more, I don't know, P- I want to say PC, which isn't the right word. Mm. Um, I mean, it definitely is, everything's more politically correct. But back <laughs> back in my old day, it was very much like the stuff that went down was, you know, even just the way the coaches would handle you. It, it wasn't sexual, but it was just like, mm, move like your body breaking here. you. Yeah, yeah, but like they, you know. Like we was stretching and stuff. was stretching. Like I'd have my, my leg up on a box that was like, I don't know, this this big. And for anyone that's not actually watching, I'm like my hands are like almost a meter. Would you say that's a meter? Yeah. meter apart? My front leg would be on the top and then my back leg. And then they'd just come and grab your hips and slam them down to the ground. Whether you're ready or not. Really? So you just Do you think that causes? It. I mean, I've got to think that causes damage, doesn't it? Like if you're not if you're not that flexible. Yeah, I think because your nervous system is pretty prime for that stuff. Mm. Like it's okay, and you're young. It th- the time it causes injury is when you quit, and this was a big part of my journey has been like learning to heal a lot of the sustained injuries that I had because I didn't have any injuries while as a gymnast. Like not one. I've had mm. more injuries. Like look at this fucking pinky. But you were jujitsu. You were you were much younger, right? I mean I was much you younger. get away with a lot when you're younger you can, as well. You can. That's true. Yeah. But like I had some bad falls. How how old were you when you stopped doing gymnastics? Um I would have been about uh when I stopped doing it at that elite level, I would have been like 14, 15. Yeah, but then pe- stopping gymnastics. Proof up until then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then I went into dance. Mm. And so dance was about exacerbating as much flexibility as you possibly could and there wasn't enough emphasis what type on of strength. Dance was it? Ballet? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another one of the extreme yeah. the extreme arts, isn't it? Yeah, I'm all about the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> like like apparently ballet is brutal. Ballet is probably worse, yeah. I would say. Yeah. I would say because you're not – now it's different. Again, now it's different. Now they, they – because there's more money in the world, people put more money behind these things. Mm. They do more scientific research around how to keep people safe in these things. And it's about longevity. Whereas back in the day, it was like, just fucking pump them out, you mm. know? And it was like, just go hard. Um, and that was well, the training methodology. Weren't understood. They just, they weren't I mean, totally. thing, like we should get better over time that you would like yes. to think that's what we do pretty well. Exactly. But nowadays I feel mm. like there's prehab involved with things, you know, mm. like people are really putting an effort into – you know, what about when Gordon was injured in his knees? Like they're doing Pilates classes, mm. you know, reformer stuff. Like that all was, I mean, that actually, Joseph Pilates is a handy fact. Joseph Pilates actually created Pilates to rehabilitate soldiers in the war. So that reformer machine that you see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your eyes glazing over, he's like. No, 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 I know. I know exactly. What no, Luke about. just did an internal yawn. No, not at all. 
You, I'll, I'll show you an actual visible yawn yeah, if I true. get to that point. That's I'm, true. You wouldn't mask shit. No, no, no. no. You'll know. That's you'll true. Know. All right. Okay, good. We're keep safe. Going. We're Fire safe, away. people. I'm going to keep going. So Pilates. Yeah, exactly. Joseph yep. Pilates. Mm-hmm. So um, those springs that you see that they're like pulling down, yep. that was what he used for resistance, right? But they, those were, we were in the beds. The, what are we talking in the 40s or the, like World War II? Or? World War II. Okay, yep. So those springs, he would use from the beds mm-hmm. that the soldiers were on to mm-hmm. create resistance so that they could slowly rehabilitate from like injuries, right? Cool. Yeah. So that then got taken into, I think it was the New York Ballet, took that on as prehab and rehab for the ballerinas. Now it's used in so many different sports because mm-hmm. what you're doing in Pilates is, and particularly a reformer, this is not me saying everyone just go do Pilates because it's not necessarily the best exercise and not every studio will implement these sorts of fundamentals, but reformer Pilates sessions, particularly if you can afford private ones, you're working intricate stabilizing muscles, which are so beneficial when you get into extreme positions like in jiu-jitsu or dance or ballet mm-hmm. or gymnastics, you know. So, yeah, because it's kind of two different types of Pilates. is the lay around on the floor Pilates, which people probably think of more closely to yoga and then yeah. there's like with the reformer, right? Yeah. And yeah. they both have their merit. Like, you know, Matt Pilates is, is mostly focusing on – your core and your, your glutes. So the technical name is not lay around on the floor Pilates, it's Matt Pilates. I, I think we can call it. I think that's a better name. Lay around on the floor Pilates. Yeah. yeah. Sounds chill. I'm sure people that do Pilates. Would love that term. The whole big Pilates base we've got to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to be particularly unhappy. Um, we'll be on a Reddit stream in no time. <laughs> Definitely. That's interesting. I didn't know that they'd use it for, for, for rehab like that, but that mm. makes sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of things that came about um, – you know, for medical that people have attached to sports. I was only talking mm-hmm. to someone the other day. We are talking about testosterone replacement therapy and they were talking about steroids, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this steroid that a whole bunch of people use. It's like the, the holy grail. It's um, SUS250, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a type of steroid that has five, uh, four or five different esters, like different testosterones inside it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's like a bodybuilder guy I was talking to and, he's, and, and I said, you actually know it was made for burns victims initially. So it was like people that were in – because they lose so much muscle mass, they can't move. They're like yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. And they were using it like they could give them, you know, a shot of this um, sustenance 250 every 14 days mm. because some were fast-acting testosterone and some were slower-acting. They could give them – you know, they weren't having to continually give them steroids and they didn't sort of muck around with the endocrine system as much. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot of things that started, you know, medically and then now yeah. we're kind of snatching them up for everything. Totally. Like, um, I mean, it's crazy that people are making. I still think it's crazy that I'm, you know, um, like surviving teaching jiu-jitsu. I still, I still kind of pinch myself thinking, you know, this couldn't have been a thing thirty years ago. It yeah, was like not right. martial. Really, there wasn't martial arts coaches making a living. There wasn't. There's so many avenues now for us to, rather than the standard sort of direction people go with, um, you know, with life. It was always just you have to go and get a job doing. You know, yeah, X Y Z. X Y Z. Now there's all these different little offshoots, and do you I reckon mean, that's Insta- Do you think that social media has helped to like spread yeah. spread the fame of it? Yeah, I think so. Well, I just I think it's made um, it's there's, there's avenues to reach everybody now that mm. just wasn't there before. Like the, now, like, and then that's what I want to get into with you. Like, you're you're obviously a very savvy business lady because. Um, that side of things, I don't even, I want to get into it. I don't even know all that side mm-hmm. of things, but it seems to be like you've got this really cool following of people and, um, you know, building that from, from nothing to actually like mm-hmm. basically making your job the same way I'm doing this as my job. Like you must pinch yourself sometimes as well. Think, Absolutely. geez, like, 
Like it's, I don't like to use the word lucky because lucky kind of says that we kind of fell into it. No, I, I never, probably the, you're the same. Yeah. Didn't fall into it. It was like a shitload of hard work to do yeah. this. And, and the reason everybody is not lucky or is because most people either can't or won't put that amount of work in. Yeah. Um, it's not so lucky's not the right word, but yeah. um, it's kind of like the ten year overnight success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People it's look like people are like, oh, she's an overnight sensation. Mm. It's like nah, I've been working for fucking yeah fifteen years. I, I started as jelly babies in when I was four, <laughs> doing exactly. backflips. Um, yeah. So anyway, so would you would you say to a parent, put your kid into gymnastics? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would a hundred percent back it. Mm. I think provided you have a good close relationship with your child and that you are. Um, an involved active parent Mm. my parents were very involved my mom's super fit my dad used to be super fit but he was very much the person that was there like prepping the meals for me like he used to (laughs) this is funny he used to actually make me these he'd call them like he'd basically be like it's basically a mcdonald's thick shake but it was not like that it was two raw eggs and some milo and some milk I, I don't shaken know. up. I just that's not even. That's not that. It's not for anyone I just that has had a big shake. I just you can't get it to kind of mix. No, it in. doesn't. Exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. So I drink it, yeah. and I'm like, this feels like I'm drinking I'm kind of oyster, mm. and then chewing on some like chocolate every now mm. and then. Mm. Milo on ice cream, however. That shit was great. Yeah, but it's just not chocolate. Like, I just don't see when I have chocolate instead. Yeah, but that's true. Because it was Milo and it had a picture of someone doing sport on the front. It's kind of an unusual thing, Milo, isn't it? Yeah, but it was sold to us. Like it was a sporting supplement. It was a supplement. Yeah, exactly. So it's different. It was the protein powder of the 90s. Maybe. It's true. Um, Yeah, it's like your parents thought, oh, you can have Milo, but you can't have some Nesquik. You can't have Nesquik. No, Nesquik Nesquik was a treat. I wonder if there's less sugar in Milo. Possibly. We still have, my little boy likes having Milo. He he thinks it's cool. So good. Yeah. Um, Are your parents still together? No, no, no. They split okay. when I was about uh, – yeah, this is another thing. They split when I was about four or five. Like things oh, started to get really intense. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was like mid-gymnastics, like then mm-hmm. a divorce and a really tumultuous divorce as well. That's how um, most of them go. Right, yeah. which is why I'm studying psychology now because, you know, when I was little, I remember sitting in this – I had to go to all this – for the court cases, I had to go to all these um, counselling sessions because it was part of how what they were using to deliberate like where I should stay because they both fought for Oh, they both custody. wanted you, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to sit through these counselling sessions and the counsellor was like, she was just terrible. She was a psychologist and I was like, I can see through all your questions. And I remember I was like, what, four or five years old just sitting there – being like, I know why you're asking me this. I know, you know, and so I actually, I can see the room. I know the day that I said I will become a psychologist and I will do a better job than these people. And this is when I you was were... five years old. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. And Very then perceptive. life kind of took over and I, I didn't end up going down that path until now, mm. you know, but. So you've started that degree now? Yeah. How far into it? Is it still just so I'm this a year, year? I'm a year in. Awesome. Mm. That's so good. I, I think, you know, like I said, there's so many. There's so many avenues and, and sort of ways you could do university now. It's not just yeah. that you have to go in there and sit down every day and dedicate your whole time to it. I think more people should go and do degrees. Yeah, and I agree. Fo- follow their dreams and do stuff. Totally. I think I, I think I could be a doctor. That's how arrogant I am. I reckon you could be too. A doctor of what? You, just, you mean a medical doctor? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But, that, but I don't actually – I'm not like – I think you have to be really smart to be a doctor. But that's the perception that we have. Mm. But really you can apply yourself to most things. Mm. I think so. Yeah. But then again, but then again, do you think everyone can be good at jujitsu, or do you think there are some people that have like specific 
talents. There's certain people that have specific talents. He keeps parading back and forth with no clothes on behind the screen. <laughs> is it psychological people. or is it physical? Yeah, it's a good question. Some people definitely have physical attributes that are the reason that they're super successful. Maybe they're super limber. Maybe they move fast. Like, And, and it wouldn't just be for jiu-jitsu. That same person would have been a good athlete if they did gymnastics, if yes. they, you know, anything that requires athleticism, if they played football, if they, you know, did soccer, like they probably would have carried over pretty well. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's certain physical attributes that are probably better for jiu-jitsu. Yes. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely just some people that just that just get it because there's plenty of smart guys. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people in jiu-jitsu who are just really smart. Yeah. They're, they're clever guys. They're good at jiu-jitsu is just a bunch of problem solving really. if you right. Once you learn initially, the problem is that you, you've been provided with this problem but you're not being given any tools on how to solve the problem and you're not actually even being told what the problem is and you just you're just told to just go out there that's what happens with most people and they get like 3 or 4 years in and it gets a bit much or they just even they do 10 years but they just never really get that good mm. it's not until like each intricate problem is explained to you yes what what is it that you're trying to achieve what is it your opponent's trying to achieve and then here's some tools that we could solve that so there's a lot of guys that get into that side of it and um with with more information coming out nowadays so many like everyone's got an online tutorial so you know if you choose the right direction you can learn from some really good athletes mm-hmm. if you choose the right direction if you don't you could learn a bunch of rubbish and waste your, you waste know, spin your, your wheels mm-hmm. yeah which a lot of people do um but you can be that guy who really understands everything but you get that super athlete and maybe if he's a little bit smart i mean they're hard to deal with some people are just I think I think John Danaher said to to Isaac. He said he's just he's got a God given um, ability for for grappling, yeah. and I I kind of agree with it. There's certain guys where you go, yeah, that guys. There's something, I, and I don't know how you quantify that. Like That's if what we, I want to study. If we're going to remake, if we're going to try and gather those um, bits of DNA to remake another one yes. of them, I don't. I couldn't tell you what markers we were looking for to yeah. create that. I don't know. Um. This is what I'd yeah. love to study in in uh, in psychology. Actually, studying performance psychology and sports psychology, and trying to pinpoint what is it that's required. I mean, you'd have to narrow it down to sports because I don't to certain sports because I don't think that you could narrow it down like just to athletes. I think it'd have to be sport dependent mm. to like control more variables. But there's definitely a psychological quality that makes someone very good. Versus just sort of like average and learning the moves over time. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. No, you're definitely right. I think they have to be determined. They have to be committed. They have to be able to, you know, there's not many things that you can be really good at if you don't commit. Totally. You know, like those even are, if you're a good athlete, even if you're a good athlete, yes. those are that'll only get you so far. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 But then it becomes sports specific. Let's say, let's say sprinting. Right. And it's a pretty, it's a relatively simple one to choose because you've just got to run fast. I mean, jiu-jitsu has so many different components to it that exactly. it would be so difficult to pinpoint. Yeah. And then there's not, there's not one correct way to do it. Like I think with sprinting, there's a relatively correct way to run really fast. Yes. You know, you start low, you know, they build upright into a, you know, upright posture, relatively quick, big, long strides. There's a whole bunch of things that they've yes. learned to do. I don't know, sprinting, but, um, so if we looked at Usain Bolt. But he actually we, spends more. I think that the thing that they found was that he spends more time 
off the ground. Oh, I can't, I'm actually not. He spends more time crouched because he's so tall. He takes him longer to get up. Yeah, I think is the thing. Yeah, he's in that drive kind of lower. But again, I've only watched a couple of documentaries yeah, no, no. On, on sprinting. No. I'm not a professional. But if you were to look at him, you might go, look, um, you know, we need fast twitch muscle fibers. Um, if you were looking at him, you would also assume you need them to be relatively tall, which mm. is actually would be a fallacy because um, most sprinters are probably, I think, in that shorter range than the taller range. I think mm. he's about 6'4". I think he's 6'4". He's quite tall, but most other sprinters are probably like maxed out at six foot because they're more about being compact and fast. So yeah. I don't know, like the fastest guy in the world, you go, well, let's build it off him, but then everyone else is not that built. Yeah, there's going to be variables. There's variables definitely on a physical level. But in jiu-jitsu, there's something just so interesting about how people are able to, how certain people are able to read in the same way maybe like chess, but it's like physical chess. I mean, I know it always gets described like that. You know, it's like physical chess, essentially. And and how are people like what makes someone really good at that? And you say problem solving. So potentially it's that, but I just I want to understand like what are they seeing? How is their brain working? Is it their brain? Is it a is it a fusion of brain and body? Um, because not everyone's analytical in the way that they, you know, do these things. Like some people approach it just in a really analytical way and they can break down every move that they did in a flow, in a, in a role, then other people are like, oh, fuck, I didn't even realize I did that. Yeah, yep. And that's why there's not one right way to do it. So if we were to look at their brain, the way I do it would be different to how Ethan Thomas or Isaac do it. Mm. So that's why I often think to myself, you know, how is it that we can take all those things into account and that I as a coach can replicate making a whole bunch of people good. So I think you're definitely going to look at the, the individual athletes and, you know, there's going to be certain things that are going to be better for certain people. Um, but uh, yeah, every day I'm questioning myself on how I can do that better. Yeah. But I think definitely if you gear people up with a thorough understanding, I think as long as they're not a complete dummy, they can then do some problem solving themselves. So the likelihood of me, first of all, I don't know everything. Like none of us know anything, everything I should say. I mean the closest was is John Danaher who's got a, pretty good understanding but the amount of time that guy's put into understanding grappling and martial arts is more than like if you said to me you know i'm gonna i'm gonna just just study like danaher does i physically don't have that much time like Mm. john's a 50 year old man now who's been doing that for maybe whatever 25 30 years he doesn't have a family base around him so he can he can dedicate more time his time is at the gym or at home studying to go back to yeah. the gym. So I think that like he's like this certain enigma that is not easily replicated. To he's be also to... a professor of philosophy, right? Yeah, so he's very good at he's very good at asking the why question. Yes. Which I think is a big thing with this. Is is not um a lot of people just learn jujitsu of I just got taught this move and I just pair right. together these moves. It's just like a jigsaw puzzle. I just got given a few bits of the but I think his big thing was you know, yeah, those things are in, in play, but let's have a good look at the positions. Let's look at why the opponent is – let's say an escape the uh, opponent's doing. Why? How did he escape? Well, for instance, his elbow line came back across my center line. That's what took away the back exposure for me. So if I can come up with some sort of – if I understand that's my problem, now I can build a framework around, a, you know, with a technique in solving that. And then it's just continual, like, continual evolution of that. And that's yeah. why it's super cool. And that's why – it wasn't really till I started training, you know, with Danaher's meth, you know, method of, yeah, yeah that, that I kind of 
it's stuck. It, it made sense to me the way my brain works. Yeah. So then I'm like, if I can make sense of that and I feel like I'm good at imparting knowledge to other people, if I can make real sense of that, then I can get them done and then it just keeps going. And that's, yes. that's kind of where we're at. And, you know, that's, that's clearly why we've got one of the best gyms in Australia is because of that. And it's not, it's not because of my brain coming up with this stuff. It's my brain being explained by John Danaher's super brain and then me kind of delegating that information out. Right. That's what I mean. So, so you're going to get like certain athletes who, who are like a freak where they have that physical ability, they move well, they just got, you know, um, I keep using Isaac as an example but he moves well. He did gymnastics as a kid. He's mm-hmm. got this good body awareness, you know. He's not, he's, not, um, he's not weak, like he's got good strength. He's got good speed. All these things start to add up just of all these attributes. And then if you can add good information downloaded into that, mm. then that becomes… Yeah, it's a good foundation. Yeah, that becomes a, a nightmare for people. But yeah, as a, as a coach, my job is also to take the, you know, the, the bluebird who trains you two nights a week who just enjoys some jiu-jitsu and try and give them… I can't get them to be an Isaac Michelle or Nathan mm. Thomas or a Gordon Ryan… But I can get them to be better than what they are at the moment and my job is to do that with however much time they're in front of me to try and get as much out of them as I can. Yeah. Like not just go, here's your, here's your standard stuff. I don't really care about your progression. For me, it's like not only do I want to get everyone good but as fast as possible. Yeah. And I think that's how you keep like a real desire for people to keep training too. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, it can, get, it can get a bit much. Like I think you but should… But that's what I like yeah. about it. Mm. I kind of like that it challenges you. It really challenges your ego to kind of push through those times where you have like back-to-back days of a shitty roll and then you might yeah. get one tiny roll. In uh, in like gambling it's called um, – or in, in like the psychology of gambling it's called your intermittent invariable reward and it's the most addictive thing to humans. Okay. And that's part of why I think jiu-jitsu is so addictive is because you kind of – you get one moment, like a fraction of a moment where you might be good or you might get a submission or you might, you know, whatever, you get a good position even or you escape a submission and you're like, fuck yeah, and it feels so good and then you lose and then you're shitty for a bit and then you're good again and then something ha- – and so like this incremental but intermittent. It's incremental but it would be like two steps up and then maybe five steps down, mm-hmm. right? Or the, I mean not if you're some of the time, not like Isaac. <laughs> it's just like this nice steady mm-hmm. increase but – there's something so addictive about that fact that like you can step onto the mat and you don't know what's going to yeah. happen but sometimes okay. it's really good. That's really interesting. I, yeah. I hadn't had it explained to me like that but that would makes that makes a lot of yeah. sense. So what so our brain likes obviously we like the reward factor but yeah. you're saying if we got the reward over and over and over and over and over it loses a little bit of its touch as opposed to Intimidate. where's that next one coming from? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Okay. Which is where I often think about like where how do the top guys stay motivated if they're constantly winning? How do mm. they stay motivated? And then I think that's where ego plays a part. And anyway, this is I'm getting yeah. into psychology, but this mm. is, you know, ego can actually be beneficial and it For drives sure. us forward because we want ego's to got a bad care. ego's got a bad rep Rats. as being a dirty a dirty word. If used correctly, I mean the very best people in most fields are, are kind of driven by that yeah. that ego of of really wanting to be brilliant and want yeah. to be really good if you don't have that it's not a bad thing but you might just be more middle of the road white totally. white bread you know um i think ego gets a bad ego does get a bad rap <laughs> a good uh i've learned to um 
And this is me with me trying to learn to uh, reel in my ego. This is me. This is a reform me. Um, a much younger Luke didn't understand. So I think um, confidence, confidence and ego are kind of like brother and sister. They're close and can be confused for each other. Um, arrogance probably also like can slide in there as a cousin. I think they're all kind of, you know what I mean? They're all kind of similar and people sometimes confuse people. They might confuse someone who's confident and then they, but they brand them as arrogant or egotistical. Um, now also some people just are being arrogant and egotistical. So it's like, I think it's important to like look, look inside yourself and realize which one am I being? Um, some are not so good all the time. And I remember it's like it's funny because school teachers nowadays when they give reports to, to parents, they're watered down bullshit. Like really? they're not allowed to say anything. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's a school teacher and they're not allowed to say anything. Honest. They're not actually <laughs> allowed to be honest. Yeah. They're just, they're just, the comments are so vague. So even if the kid's a complete asshole, which is just some, some kids are just a complete asshole. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, little Billy's trying to work on his you know, behavior or whatever. It's ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, but um, my I remember I still remember my year seven drama teacher. Her and I butted heads. I don't know what it was, but we must have had a similar thing. But she she was and her her comment in in um my report was Luke is very egotistical. That's all she wrote. Nowadays you couldn't do that. It's it's funny to look back on. But I was probably just being an asshole too. I didn't know, like you know, so I wasn't. Um, I was still learning to be introspect, you know, introspect, even kind of look at, look at yourself from the outside. So I was just like, I've got all these ideas, and then, you know, she, I think we just butted heads. But yeah. so anyway, I think ego is good, but like you've good. got to know how to use it in the right direction. Yes, I think it's um, also necessary. I think mm. like being an athlete is an it, it is there's an an element of it that is egotistical in the sense that you have to dedicate every bit of energy to yourself and to your craft right to what you're doing and you have to be focused and on just you it's that's what yeah. it's about right yeah. so every meal every sleep every relationship every everything is just focused in that direction um you know and the people around you are dedicating as much energy to your craft that believe in you as well like this yeah, is well, what generally, i generally like a successful athlete is not they're the tip of the iceberg, but there's generally there's like a whole team underneath. A fair bit underneath exactly, yeah. and that's to be honest, it's like with anyone that's super successful. Yeah. a lot of the time it's because they have you know a bunch of people that are dedicating to mm. that person. So it's just how it is. So yeah, if you don't have a sense of ego, if you don't have a sense of identity, um, and and some kind of attachment to that identity, then it can be very difficult to stay motivated to push towards it. You know, I think you have to see yourself as a winner, or you have to see yourself as striving mm. forward for sure and that's and that's the thing with jiu-jitsu right bring it back to jiu-jitsu there's these guys who are the very best athletes right these are guys if if it was if it was the nba if it was basketball it's like comparing them to the you know i don't know the basketball <laughs> michael jordan right he's an yeah, old school athlete, right? michael jordan say. right yeah. um that guy's an absolute megastar mm-hmm. but we've got athletes with the same type of skill level gordon ryan craig jones like mm-hmm. they're the they're the michael jordans of what we're doing yes but they're you know, they're having to do a seminar here and there to make some money, and they're yeah, you know, they're doing all right. But it's still, it's still kind of, it's kind of frustrating. Not frustrating. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating, but it's it is what it is. Yeah. Not whinging about. It. I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's frustrating that he's an athlete who they've just chosen this as their individual sport, mm. but there's just not enough 
people watching it or not not enough ways change. to monetize it. Once it's yeah, who knows? I mean, that's why these, I feel it changing, Luke. Well, these really subversion events we're doing, yes, you know, they're a way to showcase these guys. Yes. They're a way to put them in front of people. People people want to consume media at the moment. I mean, people are on their phones all day, they're watching Netflix all day. People are ready to consume more stuff. So, you know, once people get to know these guys and. If we, I don't know. I don't know if it ever gets to a point where it's huge, but that'd be I think unbelievable it will for sure. Yeah, it's got to hit mainstream. I think that the, the tricky part of jujitsu is the fact that until you understand it just a little bit, it can be quite. You're yeah. like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Yeah, it just looks it's like, like random like, cuddling. It's so totally. Yeah. Whereas, like with basketball, you can kind of go, okay, that guy's got to get into that hoop. Yeah. You know, and so it's fair not to like discredit the complexities of basketball. How dare you? How dare I don't know anyone watching this actually knows what basketball <laughs> is anyway. So I apologize. So sorry, Michael Jordan. I know he watches your podcast and listens. So, mm. um, you know, he's the, I think he's the third richest black person in the whole world. Really? I think so. I think that's a thing. I want to say it's Shit. a thing. Maybe the second. He's got that's like insane. he's got like two billion dollars. Maybe African American, but I can't, can't. Not totally. Not. Oh, black you reckon person. be like some African prince somewhere with a lot of money or something? There would be so much money. Maybe African American. African American, maybe. Yeah, I'd believe I Oprah's that. Number Oprah's one. number one. Yeah, I think so. Google, uh, if we had like a, a sound engineer in charge of our, we'd They'd say be Google able to that, say Google it. Yeah, I know. Where's Bobby? You can Google it. You got your phone. I, my phone's my phone's preoccupied. Definitely. I'm fully present and locked Good. in. Good. That's why I haven't touched yeah. it. Great. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, what was I saying? I can't remember. Oh, basketball. So, not to discredit the basketball, but it's like I think a mainstream audience can appreciate it. Yes. With jiu-jitsu, what will take it to get big is for a mainstream audience to be able to understand parts of the game, or or problem. or just like the athletes. Mm. And the two athletes at the top that you mentioned, they have relatively good followings for yeah. sure. Um, and a lot of the guys at the top have. I relatively think you've got good more following than both of them. Do I? I think so. Yeah, but that's and that's because what I create I and what Gordon I put out might, there is I'm not sure mainstream. Gordon, I can't yeah. remember how many. Yeah, he's got very engaged following and very like black and white following yes. too. Like people follow him for hate. Well, they don't even they follow him for jiu-jitsu. He's just obnoxious. Yeah. He's just obnoxious, and they're like, but it's fantastic. What is yeah. he going to put up? Yeah, yeah. Look, the only problem is. You know, people, basketball, tennis, it's easy to understand. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to work it out. No. Um, If we've got to educate everyone in the intricacies of jiu-jitsu, first of all, that's not how you necessarily gain a sport. But in saying that, the UFC had the same problem where people in the beginning kind of didn't get it. It was just this absolute brutal. There was only a few of us savages that were like, this is really interesting. Yeah. And then the rest of the mainstream was kind of like, oh, it's a bit much, you know, I'll just yeah. watch some boxing or whatever. But then nowadays it's just accepted. It's like mm. every, if you t- if you say to anyone, do you know what the UFC is, there's a good chance they probably yeah, understand they what it is. So, But I don't, I don't know. The thing is money's got to get put behind it for that to happen. Yes. And I don't know that jiu-jitsu, I don't know unfortunately whether it ever makes it out of just being a fringe sport as a hobby, I think it's going to continue to grow because everyone that does it, it's such a good lifestyle choice. Oh, like so good. The way I see it, everyone has to train every day physically. Yep. All right. So every every day you should physically get your heart rate up for probably at least an hour. Yep. This is the problem with society nowadays is that most people are not doing that and, and that's why we've got a bunch of unhealthy, unhappy and, and then it affects your mental well-being, you mm-hmm. know. So jiu-jitsu seems to really hit that mark of not only the physical and you, you could get physical heart rate elevation running on a treadmill. Yeah. But then you get 
you get a physical interaction with the other people because you yes. need other people. You can't do jiu-jitsu by yourself. Yes. So there's that sort of social connection, social human and, the, connection. and the communal thing. Yes. Like yeah, there's a community Super thing going important. on. There's a physical touch there, yes. which I think there's something to really that. Really important. Especially for people that maybe aren't around many other people. Absolutely. Um, Especially, yeah. I mean, that's super important. Not even not in a sexual way. It's not a sexual thing no, at it's all. Just it's touch. just like I think it's humans, touch. I think we know that humans need that. I yeah. think humans in the left. Was you telling me about babies left untouched? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. They die. Yeah. It's crazy. We yeah. need touch. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the difference is it's a slightly more violent touch, but it's It is fine. slightly it's more fine. violent. You should not do the things we're doing to your baby. Um, I've tried heel hooking my kids. Their heels are too small. I can't do it. I can't get the leverage point above their knee. You can't do it. Yeah. I've tried. Um, and then there's the mental, you know, the, the pushing yourself mentally to, to learn something. Like, And that's the other thing. As an adult, a lot of people leave school and then they don't really learn more stuff. Some people never learn more stuff. How many people – I don't really have to spend a lot of time with people I went to school with. Like a lot of people, their Facebook page is filled with all the people from high school but it's like you don't even know them anymore. That You knew them as a 15-year-old but that's yeah. – but then some of these people are the same person they were when they were a 15-year-old. Mm. There's Some people just don't have that growth and I feel like – I'm not saying jiu-jitsu solves everything but I think it causes you to kind of keep learning how to learn. Yeah. Um, that put yourself in awkward, uncomfortable yeah. situations. Like even and that builds that, resilience. Yeah. And that's something that I think as a society as a whole we're losing because while I'm for inclusivity and those things that we were discussing mm-hmm. <laughs> before, I really am, I also think that this culture that we have of getting offended very easily is problematic because we're unable then to have a conversation and grow and learn through differing of opinions. So jiu-jitsu, there's no time for differing opinions. It's like you either win or you don't. But if you are put into a position where you're uncomfortable, your ego's challenged and your body's challenged, like that's going to build resilience in you that I think really translates on a psychological level, Mm. 100%. And I think this is important for society. I don't want to sound like one of those like born-again jiu-jitsu Christians, (laughs) (laughs) which is what I sound like. But I am one of those people that's like, nah. Everyone, jujitsu for everyone. Even if you're going to be a bit shit at it, it's fine. So you, um, to come to your your jujitsu, my very. Oh, short well, I was going to say career, journey. but that's not career. Really, career is the right word. It's definitely um, not. Yeah, very short. So, so you did dancing. You moved into ballet. Yes, and then so how, did ballet, you, yeah, modern, how did you find how did you find jujitsu? Oh, that was many, 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 many years later. <laughs> um, so I found jujitsu. Um, Honestly, because I was sort of looking for a martial art that I wanted to get into and I was like, oh, I really, you know, I'm not sure. And, and I didn't Was it love... for self-defense? Is that what it was? Or... No, I did no. not come into it for okay. self-defense. I, I was sort of just looking for something that was deeper than, you know, I've been weight training for many, many years now. Like, I, what was I? I was 18 when I probably started weight training. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's jujitsu, I guess I came to because I wanted a martial art, but I didn't love striking. Mm-hmm. So I tried some kickboxing and I was sort of like, I got kicked in the head and I started crying. Yeah, I mean, that's not nice to get kicked in the head, is it? No, no. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't stop too. the tears though. I was like, this is terrible. I'm <laughs> not very tough. Um, but I just didn't love it. I was like, oh, you know what? And so I watched a few grappling matches and was like, I think I want to get into this. And then mm. like two weeks later, oddly, I got into a relationship with a guy that was – into jiu-jitsu easy and i was like but it, it wasn't we didn't meet that way i hadn't started jiu-jitsu it was like i we'd met 
like through Instagram and started hanging out and he was like, oh, you know, what are you, what are you into? And I was like, I really want to get into jiu-jitsu. He was like, no way, I'd do it. And so he was like, come down. And my first session, I didn't do it with him there. I did it um, just randomly, enrolled myself in a class and it was terrible because no, like this was one of the things that I was like, they just kind of throw you in and you're like sitting there going, yep. what the fuck do I do? I don't understand the point of any of this. And I was lucky enough to have a blue belt there. She was very lovely and she was like, all right, I'm just going to coach you through some of the basics, like some of the fundamentals of what you need to know. And I absolutely loved that session. And so I was pretty much hooked from first role, mm-hmm. like love a first role. Yeah, I think say. a lot of people, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but then there's that role that you have that almost makes you want to quit. Mm, do you remember that? No, no. I know, but, <laughs> but I'm notoriously stubborn. So Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Once I... I just always enjoyed it. Every time I wrestled, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good feeling. And I still to this day. We're just trained That's this so morning. I have even more fun now because mm. I have a better understanding. I'm better at it. Yeah. I can do it. Um, I can do it without maximum output. Like it's – so a lot of people with jiu-jitsu, it's like they've got to build them. It's like I've got to be feeling good. It's like, oh, I'm going to come in. It's going to be – like it's hard. It's like this battle. And the lower your skill level is, you've got to kind of make up for the – you know, for the for the balance the other way with just athleticism or strength yeah. or aggression, or a, a mindset that's okay with being beat. Well, all which that is hard. Yeah, that is that is hard. Right. So, so nowadays, you know, as I've got more school, skills at my disposal, unless I'm going with one of these guys that's really good, I can pretty much kind of drop the intensity back and still have a great session. So I find I can do it more often. I can do it for longer. Like I'm 35 this year and. Um, you know, I still feel fantastic, and yeah. it's uh. So I, ne- it's funny. I didn't have that role that I ever had when I felt like I wanted to quit. But I'm notoriously stubborn too. Like, yeah. I don't do things. I generally don't do things. I'm not someone who starts like 25 different things. And no, I, I pick. Yeah, you know, stick with something. You and, stick with something. Yeah, that's just me. Well, that and that was me. And that's. I feel like when I started jujitsu, it was because I I wanted to get to something. I wanted something to be in my life that was at a mastery level that was like physically, physical mastery, obviously psychological mastery too. But like, and when I had this one role that I was just like, fuck, I was so angry at myself and angry. And I, and I have them, I do still have them. They don't make me want to quit. In fact, if I ever get that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm so shit. It actually just makes me want to do better. So it's fine. But, um, yeah, when I when I had that first role, I was so angry and I called my my boyfriend at the time and I was like, can we just can you just explain to me a little bit more about this? And so we sat, we had a role. I was like back in there and I was like, okay, I'm going to get this. But you know, for women, it's like it's a funny it's thing so much like harder for you guys. It's a different thing. It's a different thing because yeah. it's like there's two, there's a few things that you're you're up against. You're obviously like I, I don't feel uncomfortable rolling with guys. Like that doesn't bother yeah. me. It's not that's not the issue. I've been in gyms for so long. That whole male culture is fine. Um, it's more just sort of sometimes it can be hard to practice techniques with someone that's like 30, 40 kilos heavier than you just because they'll just like slap. No, it's impossible. It's actually, their body it's actually basically impossible. Right. And so then you're like trying to kind of wiggle your way through mm. um, to get it done. And then, you know, when you roll, we've talked about this before, there's sort of some some girls, not all girls, because I'm all about girls getting on the mat. So, like, let's all just do it and, and be great. But um, the aggression level sometimes. Oh, girls are the nastiest. They're yeah. so nasty. I don't know what that is because I'm trying to figure that out. I don't mean that, that in out. a negative way. I mean, like, just the aggression and the intensity. Yeah. 
you watch girls in competition and it's so much nastier and horrible, like high intensity and yeah. higher pace. And Yeah. Freud um, would say it was penis envy. Yeah. Is like that what it is? penis envy aggression coming out. I don't know what it is. I'm going to get slammed. I've seen this. Isaac in the shower. I've got penis envy. You know, I've, I've, <laughs> he refuses to close the doors. I understand penis envy well. I understand. So, so I think that I think there's a few things. I think that perhaps there's been this this maybe girls that get into jujitsu or martial arts in general maybe have a little bit more aggression in general that they're trying to find an avenue for. I personally think that it is jujitsu is a great place to channel that sort of energy you just have to try and channel it rather than like just explode it right mm. but i also think that yeah maybe it's i don't know well we spoke about it my philosophy on that is is that it's already a you know it's a male dominated thing it's mm. it's a martial art it's a you know it's a combat art it's a fighting art and um i think that you know there's a small amount of women that come into it and then at, so that's a small cross section of women in society, anyway. Generally, women are more nurturing, and yeah, you know, that's just how women are. Yeah, you know, and uh, maybe that small subsection that decide to do something like this are the ones that are a little more fiery and more yeah. aggressive, and and that's why we see that. You know, maybe there are they're towards the end of the, of the chicks that are going to be more fiery and aggressive, and that could be what leads to it. You know, it's not just we've just got a random cross-section of girls generally no. is probably attracting a certain style certain of type maybe but like know. that's not you know it's funny it's not why i do it like i i love it because it's co- it's a complex game hmm. that's why i like doing it and i like that i can find a way to use my body i love the invariant <laughs> this in- intimate invariable reward i like the fact that yep. it's with gymnastics i took it to a level that was a very high level um but it was always just me whereas you put someone else Mm. in there with me and I can't predict what that person's going to do or I can That's try true. Gymnastics to. Gymnastics is just against the apparatus, right? It's just me and the apparatus. Mm. So all the responsibility is down to me. So it's relatively safe. If I fuck up, it's my fault. Mm. It's not, But if I fuck up with someone else, it's still my fault. But it's just that I, it's like this other variable yeah. that just messes with you. Yeah, I feel like for competition that would be, you know, in gymnastics, the pressure would go onto yourself. But, you know, when I compete in jiu-jitsu, I'm also considering – this other savage wants to break my legs totally. off. Like, what's what, what's his plans? What's it like? Yeah. Whereas I wouldn't have that in golf. No, you don't. It's I'm just not worried about you. the ball hurting me. I'm like, if I hit a bat, it's my fault. Then it's a different thing. Yeah, and, and then, it's repetition too. Team sports down the down the yeah. line even further. It's like, oh, now I can just carry the load across the team. Even exactly. though you can put responsibility on yourself, it's. I think mentally it becomes a little easier when you know, you know, if I'm switched off for a moment, old mate next to me is gonna you know, have, have me covered. Yeah. And that, that dynamic's very interesting. Super and that's, interesting. that's what I, you know, I don't, I don't make people compete. If people don't want to compete, I actually, I'm totally cool with that. that. Totally cool with that. Like don't make anyone compete. Yeah. Like when people say the one who I'm like, I really question because I don't want them to, competition can be stressful. Yeah. You know, you can, you can get injured because people are going crazy and, yeah. you know, um, but, I do say to people, I think it's really good if you decide you want to do that, you're probably not going to regret it. Regret mm. it. You know, it's going to it's going to test you. It's like it's like anything. It's like going on a roller coaster. Like uh, you're standing in the line and you're fucking freaking out. And you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. And I think when you make yourself do something like that, that gives you that fight or flight response, which mm. a jiu-jitsu match definitely does that. I think it's a huge overcoming of that. Even no matter whether you win or lose, like it actually doesn't – you still get that same – 
you still get the same thing. You yeah. get the same response. Yeah, totally. So, you know, the competition aspect is also interesting. You know, people What do you say to girls that want to compete? Because I've said it to you before and you're like, make sure you really want to. Make sure you really want to. Mm. Yeah. So So same thing. You'd say the same thing. Yeah, if you if you say to me you really want to. Yeah. And as and then I'll explain to you, you know, it's not gonna be like in the training room. She's gonna be really full on. And you know, she's basically going to hit you because it seems like all the girls. It does seem a bit like that. Literally, yeah. are in the the USC page. Yeah, and I don't, <laughs> I don't do that to scare people. I do it so that at least you understand what yeah. you're getting. Because what I don't want is this thing that people fall in love with. They fall in love out of you know, in falling, they fall out fall of love out a little. Yeah, because it's just this really intense thing that just was too much. And then you um, just stop competing, right? And you just still get to have fun on the Some mats. people do that, yeah. For some people, but it, it can just make them change feel a little it. bit. It can change a little bit for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I just say to people, there's no, there's no pressure. But you know, but most people compete, and it's like that roller coaster. You get off it, and they go, "I want to do it again. again. Like yeah. I want to do it again." Yeah. And it's funny because yeah. if you if you put them straight onto that next match, they're cool. Like a lot, they only got half the nerves that you had before the first match. And then yeah, you know, if it's a tournament, and there's another few matches. It's like oh, it gets less. But then if you you know, wait two months, it kind builds, of builds up again. And, for sure. But it definitely, um, I think it's a good thing for people. I think mm. it, it molds you into a, you know, a, I don't know if better person is the right word to say, but it's, it's definitely a good thing. Like Definitely a better athlete for sure, right? Def- well, just a better person. I think you can deal yeah. with, you can Stress. deal, like life is difficult. There's mm. difficult shit we do in life. Um, you know, if someone that's had a few jiu-jitsu competitions, goes to get a job and they've got this job interview they're super nervous about, they might be able to draw some of the skills they learned from competing into exactly. dealing. It's the same thing. Your body's treating it the same way as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like um, I've had big interviews. I used to work for a government department. And it was a lot of like a quite a strict like interviewing process when we'd go for jobs. And, yeah. And uh, I remember being nervous like it was a jiu-jitsu match. Like I'm like, I want to make sure I get this right. It's on me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going in in front of these people. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's that same kind of fight or flight response. And but, I think um, we need to we need yeah. to put ourselves into that as human beings on a more acute level than we do on a chronic level. So like if we look at the nervous system, we've got two sides to the nervous system. I know you know this, so I'm just explaining this for anyone that doesn't know. So the fight or flight thing that you keep referring to is your sympathetic aspect of the nervous system and then your parasympathetic or rest and digest. Some people call it feed and breed. That's your more chill side. So what we have a problem in society with now is chronic elevated levels of stress. And this chronic elevation of like all the stress hormones is what's making us really, really sick over time. But it's actually been proven that, that acute um, stimulation. So like acute being like kind of sharp. So as in like, you have like a really intense bout of stress that's what our nervous system was evolved to be able to handle, right? Mm-hmm. The saber-toothed tiger, everyone hears that story, comes in, you fight or you flight. Like you did leave we fight saber-toothed? Did we, did we fight them? Um, well, that's what everyone says. Yeah, but I wonder, were they around at the same time as us? I don't actually know that. I think Isaac maybe. could have fought a saber-toothed. He would have. He would have been mates with it. It would have come to eat and he'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, he's a good guy. He's, so good. he's, such, he's a good such a good guy. guy. Yeah. I'm not going to eat him. <laughs> eat me. He just ate me. I'll lay down. <laughs> Yeah, I'll here just cuddle up in my fur. You'll be warm. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. but what you're saying is exactly right. Yeah, and so exactly I think right. that that part of what drew me to jujitsu as well was that I was going to get that fight or flight response, build the resilience in a way that was still, you know, jujitsu for me has like made me so. I've been training for a long time, like uh, not training jujitsu, lifting and 
just doing movement and exercise for a long time, right? And so it's I'm always finding ways to maintain that motivation. And jujitsu is like, oh fuck, like that's <laughs> that's all the motivation I need it's to keep no my end, joints right? healthy. Like, There's it, no end. You don't you don't finish it. You don't go, oh, I've finished it. That's why no. when people quit, it just shocks me. When people yeah. people train for a couple of years, they get a blue belt and they quit. I'm like. I just can't. I just don't get it. I'm like, mm. I thought you understood all the positives, and then sometimes you see those people. They come back in like six months, and they're like they've packed on 15 kilos, yeah. and they're miserable. And you're like, um, yeah, what do you think was going to happen? Yeah, like, exactly. You didn't have anything to fill this void, which was providing you with the mental stimulation, all the things we're talking about, and, and the fitness benefits, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if we could somehow have everyone understand that. That yeah. That's something one is that it's not an option. Like people think fitness is this, it's a choice. They think you and I just, ah, oh, they're, they're fitness fanatics. They just, that's what they do. That's their thing. You know, my thing, I like baking cakes and whatever. Right. It's not a choice. Unfortunately, we've all got the same meat sacks as bodies exactly. and, and they're just, they need, they need to be burning calories mm-hmm. more than just sitting on the lounge at a metabolic rate of, you know, cruising. Like that's not exactly. how it works. Exactly. Um, and, and, no one, and, and with the development of like these hyper palatable foods that we have all mm. around us in this easy to access kind of and way. more calorie dense than anything else. More yeah. calorie dense, mm. super tasty. Like they are engineered to really like, like make us salivate and dream about them when we're not eating them. And now you don't even have to leave your house to get them. No, you don't have to get off the fucking couch. You don't even have to talk to someone. No. You just type it in your phone yeah. and they bring it to you. Yeah. No one like people zero so social, far. yeah, but not, but not just that. It's it's also that people are unhappy and lonely because we're on our phones as mm. well, you know. And it's like there's no connection. Like there's something so beautiful about cooking dinner and having, you know, and like interacting with your food, interacting with people around you that mm. you're eating, like all these things. I mean, yeah. it's just we're we're devolving. <laughs> Some of us are. Ways. Some of us are. Yes. And that's why you know, if you, that's why I think to myself, you know, we're all we're all running in this race. If everyone else wants to be a couple of kilometers behind the race, you know, there's only some. What are you gonna do? I can't. You can't drag. You can try. Try to give people the knowledge, but yes, people have to do it themselves. And they, it's not difficult. And this is what I say to everyone: it's actually not that difficult. But you have to have routines. We deal really well with routines. Mm-hmm. You have to make a health. First of all, it's got to be a healthy routine. A lot of people have routines, but they're unhealthy routines. You know, the routine is: I go to work. I do a job that's probably not overly healthy for me, you know, yep. it's digging a hole, it's yep. shitty hours, it's whatever. It's not mentally stimulating. It's around yep. other people who are miserable too. Anyway, I go and do that and I do that for 40 hours of my week. So out of my waking time each day, I do that for at least eight hours. Plus I might probably travel, maybe it's 10 hours. So it doesn't leave a lot of extra time either side. Then you go home, you know, you watch some rubbish TV into your pump that into your brain generally eat some rubbish food, mm-hmm. drink some alcohol, whatever, go to sleep, mm-hmm. repeat. There's no wonder some of these people are miserable. Like, But people need to set healthy routines. Like people yeah. say to me, oh, I haven't got time to do jiu-jitsu. I'm like, jiu-jitsu is ticking a lot of boxes for you. Yeah, exactly. There isn't – you have to make time for this. Yeah. You don't have to make time for jiu-jitsu, but you have to make time for your mental health, for your physical health, yep, to burn those calories. Yeah. This kind of ticks them in one box for you. Exactly. But I don't know that people quite get that. 
they don't quite well, get I think it. also the, the hard part about the transition from an unhealthy life to a healthy one is that there's that period of discomfort that you have to be aware of, like that you have to accept. It's kind of like when someone goes from, I mean, I've never been a smoker, but like when someone goes from, you know, smoking to then quitting smoking, it's mm-hmm. like they talk about that period in between that just becomes so difficult because you're suddenly like you're aware of like your lungs and how uncomfortable it feels and same thing, alcohol to, to not drinking so much or not drinking at all. It's like everything that you for most of us in society what we're doing is we're we're numbing you know and we can numb with food we can numb with porn we can numb with shopping we can numb with you know whatever it is and so you know when you have to suddenly decide to quit alcohol for example it's like all the shit that you were numbing that took a little break all right guys welcome back so what happened was we don't even know but an sd card just died shat itself yeah Mm. it's told us it was full it wasn't full so this is why if anyone wants to dedicate their career to becoming our sound technician, send me an email with your resume and I'll peruse it. Um, the other thing you'll notice, well, hopefully you don't notice. Hopefully I can fix it in uh, post. Hopefully I can fix it. So when we first recorded, um, it was putting Shona out of the right ear and me out of the left and it was it would have been bad on you guys. I hope we can fix that. We've now fixed it at this end. So Yeah, if we can't fix mm. it, it's just like it's like you're Sorry. in the car with us, you know? And yeah. It's like... You got one person in the front, one person yeah. in the back. It is like that. It's like yeah, it's, it's like more real life. Hashtag authentic. Anyway, um, I was talking about alcohol numbing people. Yes, that's true. I was saying we live in a society of numbing, and so I mm. think that there's always going to be an uncomfortable period where, you know, it's a shitty period, and it's the period that most people quit something. So they either quit the life that that was unhealthy for them, or they go back to the life that was unhealthy for them. You know what I mean? So. Mm. I think that that's the part that people tend not to like. And so to bring it back to jiu-jitsu is I think jiu-jitsu puts you in those uncomfortable positions that force your ego to deal with the discomfort of being a bit shit at something and being okay. And that's what I was saying is we were talking about it before. It's like, yeah, you can have the psychological, sorry, the physical attributes, maybe the psychological aptitude to be quite good and figure something out or you just have to be okay with getting beat up until you get better. You know, until you get both of those things. The, yeah, but the other thing to consider is, one is, you're only competing against yourself. Like you're trying to just exactly. be, I know it sounds super cheesy, but you're just trying to be a little bit better for yourself each day. I think what too many people do is they're like, ah, oh, I can't, you know, there's three other guys I can't beat. It's like, that's a good thing to want to beat them. But yeah. if it starts getting you down, you're looking at it the wrong way. Totally. Um, you know, if you're still getting your fitness benefits and your mental health, like that's all good. I think some people just kind of look at it the wrong way. Yeah. I wanted to switch gears slightly. So, go. Um, I know there's a Shona Virtue online presence, which, you know, I just kind of know you as Shona, who I've met at the gym and mm. trained with, but like apparently you're a bit of an Instagram star. How, I want to know how that happens. That's what I want to know. How do you become an Instagram star? Like, how do you go from Shona, who's, you know, clearly clever and good at sports and things like that to someone with like half a million followers. Like that's crazy. I've got about 700 people that I don't know why, like half of them, some of my family, I don't know why they even want to listen to me on Instagram. <laughs> You've got half a million people. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like I, that yeah. actually is interesting to me. Yeah. It's funny. I, I don't tend to think too much about it. Um, that's not true. That Anyone that says that any person that works on Instagram that's like, I don't really think about followers, it, that's not true because obviously you are considering it to a degree. They're your, yeah, your, they're your disciples. Well, your I, mean, I definitely don't think of it like that because I'm sure there's some hate followers too and there's, you know, all different <laughs> kinds going on. But um, yeah, I think, you know what, it's, um, I think the formula and again, 
this has changed. So like everything's always evolving as we know, but when I had started Instagram, the, the formula was really like, what, what is the takeaway from someone engaging with your posts? And I, I try to stick to that formula to, to this day because I hate that we spend so much time on our phones anyway. And I hate that I'm contributing to keeping the human race on their phone because life exists <laughs> outside of the phone. Yeah. Um, and so my job as someone who works, you know, on Instagram is to try and keep you there. And that's why Instagram likes me. And that's why YouTube likes me because I'm keeping people on the app. So how does that work? Because that's an internal struggle, isn't it? Like you're soul destroying. Because yeah. I often see you're saying like, if you've got time to scroll, you've got time to stretch. For totally. instance, I think it's something you say, which is, yeah, like uh, all power to you. That's great. Right. But then at the same time, that actual post has to have them scrolling. The to get irony, to it, it? exactly. Yeah. The irony is, is that it's I'm not on lost Instagram on you, right? saying that. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it is an internal struggle. It is. I don't really know how hmm. to get through past that. Sometimes it really demotivates me and I actually think I'm like, fuck, is this a really terrible job? Um, but, you know, I'd rather so, – so this is the thing. It's my, my, my I guess – how I justify it to myself is that whatever time and attention that people are giving me, I try to ensure that they're either being entertained or educated in some way and, and hopefully both. Porque no las dos? I have to say that every That's, time. Well, this means why not have both. Okay. It's a Taco Bell ad. Oh. <laughs> I don't really follow Taco Bell. We don't really have Taco Bell here much. No, we had that. Sorry, it's not Taco Bell. It's Old El Paso. That was Old the El ad. Paso. Don't you remember? It's like the little girl and she's like, they were fighting over whether to have like hard tacos or soft tacos. Gotcha. I think uh, I don't mind hard or soft tacos. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, I have sometimes I have so both. Spitting New Year. Sometimes I have both. Uh, yeah, well, look, yeah, I think people are going to people are going to spend a lot of time on the internet anyway. I suppose you can try to be a positive influence. I suppose totally. that's 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 a you know. And not to sound so really earnest. That's a virtuous thing, Shana. Right, exactly. Yeah. Fuck, so earnest, so virtuous. No, I don't want to sound earnest because it's, you know, there are, there's something to be said for it. There's actually a really good interview between uh, oh, Hugh Grant and, oh, my gosh, who is in, in, Bru- in Bruges? In Bruges? In Bruges? Who's, a, who's a, uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell? Fuck. He's an Irish guy. Is he Irish? Yes. Yeah. I want to say that. So I think there's an interview between those two and they're talking about, you know, you know, as as actors, they they're coming in and they they can get they can over intellectualize things and sort of be like, oh no, but I want to be there for the art of it, you mm-hmm. know. And they want to choose scripts that are really like deeply human and really intellectual. And they have this conversation about the fact that there is something to be said for just entertaining movies, and I think there's something to be said for entertainment. It can take us out of our lives. It's a form of escapism, which yeah. sometimes can be really beneficial. It's just that. We have to have self-regulation. Exactly. It can't be the only thing. thing. And humans aren't great at self-regulation. We're not wired for that. No. Evolution, you know, if you came across a fig tree in the savannah, like you're going to eat that whole fucking fig tree because you know when you're going to come across it again. Mm. And so anything that we find tasty in our brain, in our action, anything, we're going to try and, you know, max that out. And so this is what's happening with social media for sure. That wasn't your question at all. How do you become (laughs) – how do you build no, an Instagram following? This is a conversation. This is what I happens. Know, Don't stress. It's not a – I'm not going to hold you to that. But uh, yes. No, but that's an interesting thing. I mean, I think it's it's back to what we were talking about before. It, it, I, I often question, Jesus, I'm, I'm um, feeding my family teaching jiu-jitsu. Like that's, a cra- that's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. You're feeding your family with the use of Instagram, this thing that's mm. just a, like an app. Like 
what was it, 10 years ago, <laughs> it wasn't even a thing, was the it? The family of me, myself and I. And your um, pet spider <laughs> that lives under your bed or whatever yes. it is. El Jefe. Yeah, how's that going? Have you killed that spider? No, he's not going to get killed. We're coexisting mm. peacefully. So, yeah. So, if you've got like a little house spider that lives in the corner of the room, I'm okay with that. It's not the best thing, but I'm okay with it. Look, that fly wouldn't be if we had a spider, would he? Exactly. That's what I'm I sure say. there's plenty of spiders in here and he's, they're just being lazy motherfuckers because – because you say spiders. bad things about them. I've seen spiders webs and you everywhere. And kill them. I'm forever cleaning them. This fly. This fly is like. It's going to destroy our entire podcast. <laughs> um, we'll bring Isaac over and catch it. He'd probably just catch it in one go with his Chopsticks. hands. Yeah, he probably would. Definitely. Yeah, I would not coexist with a large hairy huntsman. You just got to kill it. That's just. He's just going to. Like I said, you get, you get your thongs. Thongs are the best. Thin thongs, so. Not like heavy sandal type thongs, thin ones. And when you hit him, you're going to kind of pull back a little bit like a whip and it's going to kill him but it's not going to splatter him because you don't want to then clean all these guts off the floor. Mm. So you're going to be like this and it's going to kill him most of the way. Mm. You're going to be pretty killed and then you put him in a dustpan. Yeah. And you're going to put him outside or in the bin. Okay. That's, that, look, I, I think that's the – I would just hate them if they were like beings that were bigger and cleverer than us, which they definitely are. Um, if they thought of us in that way and tried to kill us like that, you know what I mean? I wouldn't bother those. But if, if, this asshole's living under your bed. He he comes out and shows himself. He's shat on the floor. He I wouldn't do that around those. Floor. If there was big beans that I knew could squash me with a thong, I'd stay right out of their way. <laughs> so either he's too stupid to understand, which means you can kill him, or he's physically challenging you. Have you thought about that? Well, he was, yeah, maybe. Maybe he was. Maybe he was If he was bigger, up. he'd eat you. If he was bigger, he would eat me. That's true. He would try to eat me. That's true. But then you it need would to be use a di- your would... size advantage. Yeah, yeah. Your intellect and your size advantage. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Maybe okay. that's what I'm missing is that aggression. <laughs> you don't have to have too much aggression for jiu-jitsu. I think you just got to um, – I don't, I don't wrestle with much aggression, but I definitely sometimes get frustrated. Like if I get tapped, I get frustrated. I'm like – yeah. Because I know, like immediately, I know what I did wrong, and I'm like, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you get tapped as probably a white or blue belt, it's like, I got tapped, but I don't know how that happened. I'm not yeah. sure. What, I know what led to that happening, and like, so I'm super annoyed that would be at myself. Fucking annoying. Yeah, that's really uh, yes. Annoying. I think totally. it's at least if you don't know, you're like, oh, yeah. Just, when I roll with me. you, I'm literally like, oh look, this, I'm getting choked. Yeah, <laughs> Luke's on my back again. Okay, but it's when you know, yeah, what happened and what you should have done to stop that Very happening frustrating. yeah and that's when it comes to timing as well that's another thing we didn't talk about before but you know there's people who have just great timing they just mm. they understand the moves they have the athleticism to do them and then they have the timing to pull the trigger at the right times to, to do it that you know that's yes. another big factor as well um so you've got a, a youtube yeah. channel too i have a youtube channel too yeah cool um yeah. what's the go youtube and Instagram kind of coexisted. Like, do you see them as two separate things, or do you see them as a? I see them as two separate things. Yeah, yeah, because you're you you're using them very differently. You know, and Instagram is trying to move into the space that that YouTube had, which is like by allowing the app to have long form content. You know, like IGTV and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it'll never be what Insta what YouTube is in terms of the way that you use YouTube. People will go on and watch shows. They'll watch series. They subscribe to like people's vlogs and things like that. And it's you know people will spend long periods of time you can put it on your tv you can watch it you know 
I mean, I know that's how people consume that content. Whereas Instagram's still on a small phone. It's still within this yeah. tiny app, you know. So it's it's more like snacks and then YouTube is sort of more like your meals. So, you know, the stuff that I put on YouTube is like long yoga classes or long fitness classes and it's mm-hmm. all in real time. So you do it with me. Uh, whereas, yeah, on Instagram I have a few of those, but I don't, I don't really – like I wouldn't want to watch a whole jiu-jitsu session mm. like on a – no, I think fight. that the analogy yeah. of snacks and meals is quite good there. Yeah. I think they've both got yeah. a separate role to play. Totally. So I think, so for me, the thing that's interesting these days, I mean, as, you, as you'd asked me, it was like, like, what was the formula for sort of developing it? I mean, there's different formulas, but I think yeah, for I mean, me, that I was... I suppose everybody, everybody listening probably was like, oh, I'd love to just make money off Instagram but I'm sure there's yeah. this it's like that iceberg thing we talked about before it's yeah for there's sure. a whole lot to get to that there's a whole lot to get to that and to I that just point. started by sharing little bits of information so sharing what I was sharing with my clients you know as a trainer mm. and as a yoga teacher and then it just kind of expanded um to the point where I found myself more busy in terms of yeah collaboration with brands and having my own program and using Instagram now is really just the platform through which I'm able to sell information about my program mm-hmm. um and because you got a, a website too because i have a website what's your website it's just shown and mm-hmm. then that people can subscribe not subscribe it's actually not a subscription model it's a, a it's a or a membership model it's just you just buy one-off things kind of okay. like you know when you buy your one-off dvds or whatever yep jiu-jitsu dvds it's like that and then you own it for life mm-hmm. so okay so people kind of download the content or they exactly. can watch it through. okay cool exactly and that's yoga stuff it's fitness stuff it's fitness, so it's weight training at home. It's um, yoga, meditation, mobility. Yeah. And who is your who's your market? Like, is it a certain? Is it women between twenty and forty? Is it yeah? Like dudes, what, what's the? Yeah, so so I actually have. I'm really proud of this split. Actually, I've got an eighty twenty split. Eighty percent women, twenty percent men. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that split because it's like. Does that mean you hate men, Shona? <laughs> no, it means. It means I think that means you hate men. I've tried as my my hardest to not make my Instagram thirsty. <laughs> it's like I've tried to make sure that you know. I want to reach out to women. Shana, I'm an old man. What is thirsty? <laughs> I saw your eyes glaze over what? then. And I was like, does he know what thirsty means? What does that mean? Thirsty. I don't know how to define it. Is that like chicks? Is that like chicks in bikinis on there? Like, yeah. You know what? And like, like more power to them. For a long time, it was hard for women to make money and be independent. So you know, I'm all for that stuff. Mm -hmm. Hey, if Um, I could make money in bikinis on Instagram, I'd do it. Exactly. Like that's the thing. If men could do it, they would. It's just that it's just not happening. You know, it's the same with like OnlyFans. You know what OnlyFans is? No, you don't. All right, let's not even. Is that is that only porn or is it? Like, do they only do sexual stuff? Or? No. There was a girl who was actually recently in the newspaper. She's an influencer. So, she has just a big following on Instagram. And she was <laughs> – it's quite funny. She was um, she was criticized for putting something like she was going to reveal – she was going to put like – whether it was like her birth on OnlyFans or it was going to be like her the, – the sex of the baby reveal or something like that mm. because that's how like – famous she is she was just able to charge people for that to watch that yeah yeah but the exploitation potential and something like that is kind of disgustingly high and we have to kind of go okay sure it's one thing to exploit yourself but then to and this Ah, is the the debate is like the baby stuff and the children stuff you know Mm. they have no choice but i mean that's like people that are just making money off child stars i mean where do you draw the line well exactly and there's some pretty dodgy scenarios out there okay urban dictionary thirsty (laughs) it doesn't really give you 
It says a synonym for horny, but I don't, I don't think that's a very good definition. Mm. Um, an adjective dis- used in describing a person deliberately fishing for compliments, attention. That's another good one. Yeah. Thirsty. When you're thirsty, it's like… They're thirsty for attention, but they're thirsty, thirsty for, for sexual attention. It's usually in the, yeah, of a romantic nature. Okay. So there you go. I'll you add that it? to my. I'll I'll use it tonight it with my young. Can you please? My young students. Use it in a sentence tonight um, in the class. Yeah, I'll I want to see everyone come go, up oh. with a creative way to do that. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, so thirsty. That's what it is. So, it's fishing for. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't want you. You're happy that with the eighty twenty split. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. also I think that you know if you you go down that path, yes, of course you can grow a following, but if it's just dudes, like how many of those dudes are going to buy my fitness no, program probably no. none right so i want to actually reach women um not just to sell to them but actually to build a community yeah they're the people you want to help they're out. the people i want to help yep. then i created the mobility program and i find that actually like loads of bjj people mm-hmm. love it mm. um and so that's that's where the, i guess the guys come from and i have so many questions like <laughs> we were having this conversation i was like should i be offended i don't really get thirsty dms like i don't really get the the, the harassing i don't get dick pics i don't get any yeah, i'm of that surprised stuff. Yeah, I thought that would be just a regular. I think, yeah, I feel, I mean, the I feel, some, some, I feel like, am I missing You've got out? half a million followers. You'd think there'd be a… I know. Even just, be one. even just, so… I'm so, not, this is not me fishing for a dick pic, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, here they Please, come. I know. Um, <laughs> here they come. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're being taken as people are watching this now. So, what's 1% of uh, 500,000 is, uh, is that 50,000? Am I doing my numbers right? It was oh at 5,000. One percent. Yeah, one percent. One percent's five thousand. Yeah. Ten percent's fifty. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. that means if there's if there's just one percent of creeps on there, that's five thousand people. You'd think you'd be getting a, a reasonably steady stream of dick peeps. You yeah, know, at least I just a few. Don't. But, hmm. No, I get lots of mobility questions. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. So it's that's good. good. So exactly. So it's I good. mean, I mean that's. That's what I. That's where I want to be. Grossing anyway. Like it's pretty no, creepy no, no. to just great. send people. That's not. Pics of your genitalia. Yeah, for someone that you've got a relationship with, hey, you guys do whatever you want. But send it to random people. It's the same. I mean, this is the thing with the internet, right? Mm. People act like fucking animals on there. People say things to people they would never say. Like, would that same dude go and get his dick out to some hot chick at the beach? Probably, probably not. I mean, if he would, you know, he's, a, he's got other issues. But most people probably wouldn't. But they would send something like that. It's, it's, it's weird the things that are accepted. Because there's no consequence. Their, no. No, there's not. There's no consequence. And when there's no consequence we're able to get away with so much more and then suddenly and this is where it's like shifting whole humanity mm. psyche yeah because if you think about those neurons firing every single day where people feel like there's no consequence but then they also the other side of that are developing like mega social anxiety where they can't even interact with humans like and this is some of the things that I worry about like young kids how are they developing social skills that are completely imperative for human interaction and again, we have to acknowledge that, you know, our nervous system, our psyche, everything evolved a very long time ago and it doesn't just change Yeah, I like think that. the baby Jesus made the world about 4,000 years ago. Is that right, Christians? 4,000? How, how long did the baby Jesus? Uh, I don't know. What are we in? 10,000 years ago. What are we ago, in right? AD? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of – there's a reasonable amount of Christians believe the world was created about 10,000 years ago. Is that it? I think so. Okay. Uh, I don't prescribe to it, but I think that's yeah. But no, wait, baby Jesus didn't make the world because he was in the world when he got when he was born. Look, there's a lot of holes in the story. <laughs> there's holes in your don't story. And, there's holes in the story. Have you talked to somebody about this before? Have you had this conversation with people? No, I haven't. You should. It's interesting, but it's not a winning. There's no. You know when 
you know, when you have a, not a conversation, you're not trying to win a conversation, but you have a differing point of view. Yeah. You know, you tell me this table's white and I tell you I think it's brown. You know, we can probably have a pretty hearty debate about trying to convince each other of, of why we think each thing. Yes. That doesn't go it doesn't it doesn't, with religion. That doesn't. Yeah. N- neither person changes their very rarely, very rarely do you finish your debate with someone and they, you know what, you know, fuck the baby Jesus. I'm getting on board with, you know, the stuff. It's just, unfortunately, it's just something that doesn't really change up. So the holes, you know, there's some holes, but I'm pretty sure the baby Jesus made the world 10,000 years ago. That's not the story. I'm pretty sure God made the world, then baby Jesus. Isn't the baby Jesus God? I think he's the son of God. Yeah, but I think he's also God. I don't know. Who's God? He died for our sins. Like I just know the key lines. I don't know enough. I'm sorry. Did you go to a Catholic school? No. No. No, no, no. I went to performing arts high school, like unisex, yeah. like many, many gay people, you know, it was very liberal. Very, very liberal. In fact, we had we had Christian classes. And one of the boys had said, and this is like now used, I, I hear this in stand-up comedy all the time, but I remember sitting in this class and I don't know whether he'd gotten it from some other stand-up comedian. There was a boy, I think it was, I think his name was Angus and he was in a year, two years above me. And I remember sitting in this, like, we all had to do this, like one Christian class and we're all sat there and there's like, you know, I've got my gay friend next to me, my lesbian friend next to me. Like, it's just so, we're all just sitting there going, okay. And Angus says, you know, can I ask a question? Because like, I don't absolutely. think the baby Jesus likes homosexuality. I think that's the N- no. The Bible disapproves it. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so he said, "Is it true that the Bible disapproves of mm. of like men having sex with each other or anal sex?" I think he said. And uh, this Christian teacher said, um, "Well, yes." Like knowing his audience was like, "Yes, the Bible does disapprove of this." And he was like, "Well, then why did God put a G spot inside the male uh, rectum?" Mm. Or wherever it is, somewhere up there, and I uh, found he couldn't mine, answer. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're missing out. But that was the question, and he couldn't answer. He just and he just go. couldn't, you know. And everyone's obviously like yeah, laughing because there's some control. there's some holes. So there's some there's some holes. There's some, there's some, there's some, holes. <laughs> there's some holes in this in this story in more ways than one. But um, yeah, people people that <laughs> hey, all power to you if you're basing your life on that. If it doesn't affect me and you're being a good person. Then it's fine. It's oh. fine. It's like a guitar sound. Yeah, it is like a guitar yeah, sound. Um, yes. How did the fuck did we get onto that? That was a big digression to get to male. Yeah, but anyway, like we were talking, we were talking about like kids, and and we we're talking about the age of the earth, and you were talking about the fact that we've, you know, our mind has grown over a very long period of time. Yes, and, evolution. Um, that's but right. But we've we've added we've added this very recently. Right. I think I think it's toxic for young people i think it's toxic for most people um i think it's toxic for idiots and i think it's very toxic for young people yeah they just don't have the tools to deal with it agreed there's too much there's just too much access to too many different things like um i I hate the idea of my children going anywhere near not even just social media i mean it's just the internet in general there's Mm. just everything i know this sounds like a really old person thing to say but it's we see it like you see it all the time i mean imagine like when you and I went to school, if if you didn't get along with someone, you'd go home at the end of the day and whatever, you wouldn't see that person till tomorrow. It wasn't the end mm-hmm. of the world. There'd be no escaping that for people no. nowadays. If you were a kid that was an outcast, they would never have – there would be no release of that because if they're not on the social media, I suppose they're more of an outcast. If they yes. are on it, they'd have everyone harassing them 
Yes. Uh, oh. I, I hate to think on because, like, we know that, you, you know, when your brain's young, you're a fucking idiot. Like, mm. you think you know, but you're not. Like, but you, there's people, there's, we've probably all done horrible things. You look like a Jesus. I wouldn't do that now. Um, that lives there forever. It's just young, but yeah, I mean, this, uh, I think I think they're like the amount of young people that are killing themselves is like higher than ever before, just yeah. due to all this stuff. I don't know what to do as a parent to get around it. Like, it's it's such a good thing. Like, if it wasn't for social media and our access to everybody, I mean, there's so much information being passed around, but it's all the extra rubbish. Like, you need to cut all the fat off and just get to the, you know, stuff. Use it the as fact a that tool. I can, the fact that I can, you know, pick the brain of John Danaher living in New York by seeing his post. I never had access to that totally. ten years ago, but then you could also spend an hour watching videos of people jumping in the pools and hitting the edge of it or something like that. Like, <laughs> it's very niche, yes. I think that's a fair yes. bit of the internet. But, yeah. um, you know, one doesn't really educate me or advance me a whole lot. Yeah, well, exactly. And so then again, is it just going to progress human demise at an exponential rate um, while at the same time progressing human evolution at an exponential rate too? Like perhaps we're just going to get this extreme – division and this duality of like expansion in one direction expansion in the other so those are the idiots and the rest of us yeah and it just grows more and more extreme okay hey like i said before if we're all running the race and the rest of them are back behind me it's yeah know. and maybe i mean they maybe they look at us and think that we're idiots and that they're i'm probably right. i am an idiot i think it's a good <laughs> i think it's a good chance of that um look, we're all just different kinds of idiots oh that's so beautiful isn't it that's a great i think that's a great line um, all right. Look, I, I think we could sit here and talk for hours, but we've mm-hmm. actually got kids' classes starting here. We're at the gym here at Sydney West Martial Arts, so we've got kids' classes starting in, oh, in about an hour. But if they filter in early, the, the place is complete mayhem. So mm-hmm. um, thanks so much for chatting to me today. I feel like Thank we you. covered a few great. different things, but I hope people enjoy hearing from you. If they want to follow you more or hear, hear more from you, yep. can you let us know like what are the what are the avenues? Yeah, probably Instagram is probably the easiest. Just Shona underscore Virtue, um, V-E-R-T-U-E. Uh, and then, yeah, YouTube. Check me out on YouTube. Check out my website. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, and got- if you're a girl, come roll at Sydney West, yeah, please. Definitely. We need some more girls in here. Yeah. That's a song. Is it? Yeah. yeah I'm not up to that. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, mate. Good job. Right, we'll, we'll end it there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>